0: Everyone, um, happy Friday, happy Good Friday. Good Friday, it's a good Friday, happy Good Friday. Um, yeah, I just want to do um, a video. You know, I'm, I'm on So Rare, um, but I'm very new to it still, and I just wanted to kind of give my take on on the kind of two ways to play it, the way I'm playing it. Um, don't take my advice. Um, You know, I've only... There's people way more uh, educated and and know more about survey than I do. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to to share the way I kind of see it at the moment. Um, And that might change over time. um, But just the way I see it right now. So basically, to start with, um, your cards um, have value based on two things. Uh, I've narrowed down to two things is utility value so how they can help you win prizes and the collectible value now that's um for the, for the like legendary cards that you know people want to collect over time um like rookie cards that you know you want to hold in your collection forever you know you want to keep them you want to show them to your grandkids you want you know people will pay more um over time for those they they won't really lose their value um, so, first thing is, So Five. You know the leagues, the um, the tournaments, and whatever, is a game. It's a promotion. Um, that doesn't mean it's going anywhere, but it means it can. And the fact that it can kind of scares me. Um, it scares me in that I won't look to buy players for So Five as an investment. Um, I do it for a bit of fun. I play the game, um, and you know I will try and make, make a bit of money on it, of course. But I won't put big chunks of money in. I won't leave it in long term, um, because there's too much control um, from so rare, and not enough. You know, it's it's too much out of my control um, of what could happen with it, and, and and that makes it very hard to kind of get a gauge of of the, of the actual value of those cards for it and i'm talking about cards that aren't collectibles but are good for um so5 cards that are you know they get good scores but they're not really well-known players you know in when they retire people won't really give a shit about collecting them or or any of those cards Um, so my first thing that puts me off you know going long term with um so5 cards is it's basically the, the price of ETH could have quite a big effect on these cards. And, you know, if I want to buy cards, I want to buy them based on football. I don't really know much about um, Ethereum um, to be investing based on that. And some people might, but a lot of people might not. So what I mean by that is, well, I'll play out a few scenarios. So I'll get the prizes up. So basically, if Ethereum was to massively rocket, you know, go really high up, that means the prizes go up because they're paid out in in Ether. And of course, you get the cards as well. Now, that could be a really good thing because that could mean um, the, you know, the prizes have gone up. Therefore, the cards are actually worth more because they can win you more money. So the market could rise on the back of that. Good. But it also means so rare, you know, the company has to buy, has to pay more, has to pay more out. Now, you know, so let's say the price now is 1500 for first place in first division global all-star. If the uh, price of Ether shoots up to, I don't know, 2000 3000 then, you know, the, the price moves up to 3,000. And that's fine. Um, but it's not fine if demand really doesn't follow it. So if it stays at a really low levels and the prices kind of don't follow it, it could become unsustainable. It could mean that, you know, Soweir can't afford to pay out these prices. And I'm not saying it is. I haven't done the numbers. By the looks of it, it would have to be quite a big gap between demand and demand and prices. And you'd imagine at the start anyway at least that if Ether um went up, then the prices probably would follow. But if it didn't at the same proportion it could start to become a little bit unsustainable. And if that happens, then you're at risks of the prices changing. And if the prices change, you're at risk of buying a player based on a certain price and then out of nowhere they announce the prices change or, or something like that. And and I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying you have to be worried about that. I'm just saying I'm aware of it. And um, the price of uh, ETH is out of my control. I can choose the right players. But if the price fluctuates like that, um, and on the other hand, if the price of ETH really drops, if it drops to like 500 quid, um, then the utility drops because the amount they can win drops so again um that's out of my control um so if i'm buying a card or if i'm investing in a card um based on you know utility i've got to be confident that i know what's going to happen with eth and i'm not so that's why i wouldn't go down that route um another thing i've thought about is the amount of people playing the games um If there's more people on the platform, okay, that's good because demand goes up. And depending on how much supply goes up, that's going to make the prices go up. Because if there's more demand and there's not enough cars, they become more, excuse me, they become more, you know, they become more valuable. But if too many cards are produced, um then obviously the prices do drop because the money gets spread out across all the cards. So that's one other thing to be aware of is how many cards are being produced. If there's getting too many, and bear in mind as time goes on, more cards are going to be produced. So you need the demand to keep rising to keep the um, prices of cards to match the um, increase in supply. But another thing is, if you're getting more people playing these games, um, like I go to global all-star no not global all-star bear with me um yeah if i go to global all-star division four there's 5452 people playing before it was nowhere near that um so it's become harder to win now if you're playing uh, early days um the, price, the prices haven't changed. So if you're paying, um, you know, you paid, you came in early, you paid cheap to win the same prizes and you've got more chance of winning, that's great. But as time goes on and the prices rise and you've got less chance of winning, you're now paying more for less chance of winning the same prize. So it's could get to a point... Now, you could argue at the start it was extremely undervalued and, you know, it's going to be time before we get there. And, and yeah, that could happen. But it's going to get to a point where... Um, you're paying more, you've got much, much less chance of winning, but the prizes have, have stayed the same. Um, you know, it can't keep rising if that happens. If more people keep coming in and it becomes harder, harder to win, um, I can't see how the prices would keep rising based on that because the utility would actually start to drop because they can't win you as much because it's less chance of winning. Um, I suppose they could change the prizes. Um, but again, I think that's a bit risky because once you increase um prizes then people start to buy cars based on those prizes and then if something happens and then the demand starts to drop again they're going to have to reduce those prizes to remain sustainable and that means people are going to get caught out for buying um high based on those prizes but then they change if that makes sense but again that's all depends on you know how sustainable it is it could they could be extremely sustainable the Prices could be really safe, and um, you know they're nowhere near running that risk. But again, I don't know that. Um, so yeah, so I'm a little bit cautious around that. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen with demand. It could go through the roof, um, or it could not. And and again, it's it's how good value you think players are right now. Um, if you think they're still massively underpriced based on the rewards, then you know you've got a long way to go before. But if you think actually you know, it's becoming a little bit too hard to win now to justify these prices, then you could think, you know, maybe maybe something something's going to happen. Um, and I don't really know. I don't really know. So that's why I don't really go down that route. Another thing, again, this is massive speculation, um, regulators. It could be argued that it's a form of gambling. I don't think it is. Um, I think it replicates more like, FIFA Ultimate Team, you know, you can pay for these cards to win. Although you could argue, again, that FIFA Ultimate Team, you don't win cash. This one, you kind of win cash and cards. But maybe they get rid of the cash. I don't know. Um, But if that happens, you know, that's going to be a big thing if the regulators say, yeah, you can't run this in the UK anymore or wherever you are. Um, Again, I don't know if that will happen or not, but it could be something to bear in mind. Uh, Yeah. Now, to flip all this round, people have made some really good amounts of money like loads of money playing the utility game you know buying players who are good for utility and maybe not collectibles and that's you know i absolutely agree that people can make good money from that um and that is all dependent on your knowledge that's dependent you know if you're betting on these utility cards you're basically betting on so rare to thrive you know you need more demand to come in so we can push these prices up you know as they're more scarce um and you need to also understand the price of Ethereum, you know, what's going to affect that to understand how that might affect the utility of the cards. And if you get all that, and I'm sure lots of people do, yeah, you can absolutely make lots of money on it. But I don't like the idea myself of holding a large amount of cards with a large amount of money, and then something could happen where it just. You know, crashes price, and that's completely out of my control. It's not based on the players that I bought, and that's where I'm a little bit not sure. So, with So Five, I've got a team. I've finally got a team. I've got four four players. But that's just for fun, um, and I I would maybe if I wanted to go down that route, I do really short term ones. So I would never. I don't want to ever be um, massively exposed on. On, based on, on utility cards so going to the other side um, collectibles now this is I think random number I would say about 95% of the cards on so rare aren't collectibles um, and that's not to say that a lot are, are uh, that's not to say that there aren't a lot of collectibles there are but um, in terms of a percentage of how many they are actually on the platform i would say yeah probably about five percent because it's only the legends that are collectible if you look at sports cards which it really does replicate um it's only the legends it's it's only the ballon or winners the ones who have, have actually done something and you know all these korean league and japanese league players and belgian league they're not they're not collectibles um no one gives a shit all right you might get someone who's a fan of the team collecting them but they're not going to pay above 10 quid for them or whatever once they retire that's what i'm really talking about is once they retire um so then we also get to the um point Then they've added rookie cards um which is really good really cool um they've got like a specific set rules of what classes as a rookie i think they've got to be 18 and it's got to be their first season um for the club or something like that um but technically, you could argue that if you've got the first player, the first card um, on rare that he features, you could argue that's kind of a rookie, even though it doesn't fit the criteria. That leave that to you. Um, but yeah, so you at the moment, you've got players like Mbappe who are really expensive. But what could happen is, because he's only like 20 years old, 21 years old, in nine years' time, when you've got him getting produced every year, if he does... Um, you'll have thousands... Uh, thousands? Uh, you'll have about a thousand, just over a thousand Mbappe cards on the platform, and that could um, make the later ones a little bit less valuable, but make the early ones, the originals, more. I don't know. That's... I uh, don't know what will happen there. But, yeah, so the collectible, I think that would only be for the the top players, the legends, um, but I could definitely see that. I could definitely see them being collectible. Um... However, you know, you could argue what happens if another company comes along, makes better cards, makes cooler cards. Like Panini did their own NFTs. You never know. Um, but one thing that um, Soare has on its side is it's the first. So the fact that they are the first for, or the first that I know of anyway, um, or the first mainstream kind of football card. Yeah, that that that's a really good thing. So people might want the originals. So yeah, I would, I would look for for rookies of up-and-coming stars that you think are going to become legends. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, and they're probably already picked out already. They're probably quite expensive already. But, yeah, that's, that's the way I'd probably win the collectible game. Me, personally, um, I bought Iniesta. Um, maybe as a collectible, maybe as a utility. He was kind of a bit of both, but he'll probably retire soon. But, again, if he retires soon, that means there's only one version of his card or the platform, unless they release another one, which they probably will this year. But, yeah, so... I kind of bought him because he—he's probably going to be quite a limited supply, and he's a legend already. I already know that, um, and again, he could get some good scores. Um, but in terms of buy, I'm not going to buy loads of cards um, and and bet on the market because I'm I'm just not confident enough. But some people will, and that you know, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Um, I might do some flipping, you know. I might look, might look for some players who are a bit off form, buy them, then they come into form, and then you know their price rises a bit, and I sell on the back of that maybe. But I will, I will never be overexposed because I don't know. There's too many other factors that could cause um, big swings in the prices, and I don't want to be caught out on that. So yeah, that's that's basically just what I want to touch up on. So, S O five is the game, um. A lot of things affect it. You might understand them. I don't. I don't. I don't understand them enough to predict them. Um, there could be no threats at all, or the, even though I've mentioned the threats, they they could never become a problem. Um, but they could. So, you know, you just gotta be sensible with it. I think. Um, don't listen when people say like now's the best time to buy. Um, now's the worst time to buy. All that. You know, you got to do your own research. Don't ever be in a position where you're you're blaming your losses on someone else, you know. It's, it's all it's all gotta be you. So you gotta you gotta decide that for yourself. Um but you know, there's some really good people in Surrey community that I've seen. I mean, I'm not actually that active really at the moment, so they probably know a lot more about all this than I do. But that's just my first few takes on it. Um be interesting to see how I get on. I've got my my team ready for the first time but yeah i won't i probably won't ever hold more than five cards at one point might change my mind but that's probably the kind of way i'll go because i don't want to spend more than that but yeah and then collectibles. i would go for legends um the first cards of them and it's cool that you can see like the number that they've been issued so number ones obviously but they're going to be more expensive i'm talking zatan i'm talking robin Iniesta, um, Buffon, those kind of players I think could potentially be kind of cool to, to own. Like David Beckham's on there and he's worth quite a bit. Maradona. Um, but then also, you know, pick some youngsters. This is kind of cool because you can kind of bet on their career. So if there's a young player who you think, yeah, this guy's going to be a legend. If I was to pick one guy, I'd probably pick um, uh, one guy who's kind of unknown. Not unknown, but... Um, Hasn't, you know, he he's, hasn't done it yet. I would pick use Yusef Mukoko. I can't remember what his name is. He plays for Dortmund. He's like 16 years old. He's just a beast. Um, he's, he's relatively known. I think if he comes on, he'll probably go for a couple of grand. Um, but he could become a top player. So I, that would be cool to own that card and then watch him become a top player. And then once he's become a legend, then I can sell on the card for good profit. That's the kind of game I like to play. Um... That's a really long-term game, um, but there's less things that could go wrong than if, uh, if I'm just buying Japanese league players and, and all that because then you are kind of you've got to follow the market. It's not just about picking the right players um, in my opinion. All right, have a good weekend, have a good Friday, good Friday, good Saturday, and a good Sunday. All right.